It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture. Yes, I am Jonathan Sanborn, the host of the show. I, I love I love the show. I'm lo- it's, it's, I was just telling someone that this was a pandemic thing that kind of came out of like, hey, you're not traveling anymore. Maybe you should host a radio show. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, I said, Let, who do I want to – what do I want to do with a radio show? But if I can highlight the people in our, in our city – in our, in our country who are building compassion and, and peacemaking, then that's what I, I, I'd love to spend time doing that. That's a great. And so, and I get to meet the coolest, awesomest people in around town, bring them onto my show for counterculture. And so we believe we want to focus on the highlight, the, the builders of compassion, culture, and uh, peace. And so in studio, we have Lisa McDonald. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Lisa is a bridge builder and a, has a passion for helping forcibly displaced families find community support and friendship as they work to make Arizona their home. She is the Associate Director of Global Outreach with uh, Central Christian Church uh, with welcome teams and uh, support for asylum seekers. Uh, does amazing stuff here in the community. Thank you for joining us. And then we have Adam Essel. Of Peoria, Arizona. Yes, sir. And you serve on the, as the vice president of, uh, for, on the National Immigration Forum. Yep. Okay. You coordinate efforts with the forums, Bibles, badges, and businesses for – that's a lot of Bs. Yes, sir. I sense an alliteration. Yeah. Were you a pastor? I played one on TV once. You played one on TV once? Because when you get alliterations, you're like A-level pastor. <laughs> you get the Bibles, badges, business. Three points. Um, the uh, forums, Bibles, badges, businesses for Immigration Reform Network, and you worked with Neighborhood Ministries and a teacher. Oh, there's some stories I bet there from Peoria yes, Unified, which you actually graduated from, right? I did yes. Pure, you actually, it's pretty rare that someone graduates from a school system and then goes back to teach in it. It's impressive. That's yeah. rare. Well, kind of freakish. Yeah, yeah, that's part of why I'm not there anymore. But <laughs> that's, that's right. right. <laughs> I I did, I was a substitute teacher for. Like six weeks, <laughs> and I was like, I was. It's about the lowest position in society. It's right there, like just step below. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was bad. Kids and love you, I'm kids, sure. Oh yeah, good times, good times. Yeah, they love me like recreationally abusing me. <laughs> so and I got paid dirt. So yeah. it was in, in well little pieces it. of dirt is what Quite they gave me. Yeah, that was a great. Thank you. Good times. Uh, and then Andy Myers, my bud. Um, a ministry for 25 years as pastor, youth pastor, missionary, and uh, well, a well-known hype man. <laughs> so if you ever need h- some hype, hype for man. whatever you're doing, he's also h- the hype man now for Bibles, Baptism, Business, and the uh, and the Evangelical Immigration Table here Can in I get Arizona. get that on my card now, Adam? Yeah, of okay, course, right. <laughs> and what better – and uh, hype man in, who does real estate too. So he does this, the real estate on the side because we got to make a living, right? We all, got, we all got to hustle. And everybody's hustling, so is it, and Andy's hustling. So okay, great. So we play our game. Fake news. Here we are. You know, okay, how it works? You sh- if the game is you share two things: one thing that's true, one thing that's not true. And I'm going to try to. This is going to be a tough one. There's three of you, but I have eye contact. I'm watching you. Uh, th- one thing's true, one not true, and I try to guess which one's fake. Go ahead, Adam. Okay, uh, I coached high school cross country, 
and I coached women's basketball. Okay, I'm going to say the cross country is fake news. Wrong. Oh. Okay. What you actually were? You were I okay. what, I do not look like it. I have a build of a football player, yeah, but I, they was, needed somebody to fill in. That so was actually I, the giveaway. Yeah, I thought this guy isn't like built for speed. <laughs> but no. you were, okay. I didn't run. I just <laughs> you co- just told, told the run. other the kids to <laughs> okay. run. Got it. Okay. You drove the cart. <laughs> you drove yeah. the cart. Oh yeah, yeah. bike with I had a, a bike. megaphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Faster. And you got Gatorade. You're you're drinking the Gatorade. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And okay, Lisa. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I. Marched in my high school marching band playing tuba. You played tuba. I was an I'm not aerobics your build, instructor. An aerobics instructor. Tuba player and aerobics instructor. Now, that's a tough one. I'm going to say that you were an aerobics instructor. I was not. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of played one on TV. You played one on oh, TV. Yeah. No, I actually marched tuba in, the, in my high school marching band. Oh, that's that's awesome. impressive. I should have. I, I second guessed myself and look what happens. Oh man, you so I dreamed of being an aerobics instructor. But, <laughs> okay. But you know, never gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Andy, were you an aerobics instructor? Uh yes for thirty seconds until 30. I passed out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just in a dream one time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, two two for me. No, but this is tricky because I know you. And I know things that you've eaten. That's oh man, <laughs> I was gonna go there. Man. See well, you what if been... Adam has to answer? What's that? Okay, okay, you yeah. do that. You guess it. Yeah. I, I, okay. Andy, I have too much. I have too much dirt on him. Here we go. I've eaten the beating live heart of a cobra. Wow. And my favorite vegetable are beets. You've definitely eaten the cobra. Heart. I have. I can't even. <laughs> okay. no, that was too easy. <laughs> that was too easy. <laughs> that was too easy. One was so extreme, and one was so common. <laughs> I hate it beets. Had to be. I hate beets. In Cambodia. Yeah, in Cambodia. Do I get bonus points? For- yes. yes. Where it was? Yeah. Oh, there see. See, this proves to me that I'm a loser because I, I, I'm, I'm now less than 50% on a show where I'm supposed to be the, like the expert. But no, no, it's okay. Keeps, keeps God humbles me every week on the show. I think I'm some guy who has some great insight into human nature. No. You would have guessed Andy's. That's right. Yes. I would have guessed. too extreme. And that's yeah. my favorite story. Yeah. I have one story. My I know. You have one, one story. Okay. That's right. So, okay, enough about cobra, eating cobra hearts. Uh, we want to talk about our hearts on this. And, um, so we're, we're talking about Im- immigration reform. We're hearing every day in the news that it's a crisis. So what's really – Adam, why don't you tell us what's, what's really happening right now? What's really happening? How long is this show again? Uh, 17 hours. Okay. Yeah. So what's really happening? Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening at the border as I think everybody in our community is aware of being just a few hours away here in, in the Phoenix area. Um, there's a humanitarian crisis, really. Uh, you know, there's an argument over whether what's happening is a crisis or not. I think it's safe to say it's a humanitarian crisis. Mm-hmm. We don't believe it's a security crisis, but when you have uh, hundreds, now thousands of unaccompanied immigrant kids who are who are coming across the border, and our laws say we have to welcome them, um, and we don't have the infrastructure to do that, that that creates a lot of uh, crisis situations. So. Lots of families coming as well, trying to seek asylum. Um, so that's the big thing that's happening at the border right now. Meanwhile, um, Congress is trying to figure out how to get things done to uh, make better policies for immigrants in our community so they can uh, contribute fully. And we think about dreamers, young people who were brought here as kids, farm workers, many of them, many of whom are without status. Those are two populations that 
Washington, D.C. is trying to find a way forward for. Mm. So you're hitting on – this is huge because this is like the neighbor – this is our neighbor mm-hmm. and we're called to love our neighbor. So yet we often put everything first in a political – like it's our filter for the world is our political thinking rather than our biblical thinking. Mm-hmm. What do you – what goggles do you want us to put on first? Before we look at this issue, what would you want us to see things through first? Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. There's so much in the Bible, Old and New Testament, about our call as followers of Jesus to welcome the stranger. Uh, it's actually one of the um, most frequent commands of God, of his people, um, is to welcome the stranger and, and to love the foreigner. And so I think that's a big part of the problem that we have in our culture right now is uh, we do put on our political lenses first. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that if we all uh, take a look at what the Bible has to say, then we'll agree on everything politically. We still won't. Sure. No, of course. Yeah. And that's okay. But we, we hopefully then could approach the issue with a more compassionate heart. And that's what we're hoping for. That's, that's huge. It's like, it's start, it's, it starts first with us and how we're going to look at that. And how do you – I mean maybe give like a, a way for us to refresh our minds about that. We can say the Bible talks a lot about it. Help me think – just take one more step with that. Help me a little more with that. Sure, yeah. I mean all throughout the, the Old Testament, God's command to the Israelites as his chosen people were not – you know, you're the chosen people, and so do whatever you want and treat people however you want. It was you're my chosen people, so you need to treat everybody uh, with love and respect, mm-hmm. and as if they were part of the in group. Um, so th- that's one of that's one of the big commands. And then you know, we go to the, the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, where he says, you know, you got to welcome the stranger, and you're welcoming me. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of black and white in yes. scripture when it comes to at least the attitudes of our hearts toward those who are coming from a different place than here. I even think of those passages that talks about where, you know, we're welcoming the foreigner and the alien among you is what it says and treating them like they're your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that look like? Tell me what that looks like. Well, God is this God of migration. God is a God of migration. So he is constantly moving people groups in order to just bring his message to mm-hmm. bigger light. And so when you have these amazing groups of people that can come together he calls us to welcome them in, to to sit down and eat with them, learn, learn their stories, care for them when they're sick, care for them when they're hungry, mm-hmm. and just be that that bridge um, that that we can be to the world. I often find it interesting when God gives commands, He appealed to the Jews' own narrative mm-hmm. of them being pulled out of slavery in in Egypt and reminding their own identity as ones who have been refugees, ones who have been oppressed, mm-hmm. ones in a port. Like, because I am the Lord who called you out of Egypt, mm-hmm. you were once one such as this. Now you should then sh- therefore show. Mm-hmm. And, and even before that, the father of our faith, Abraham, was com- commanded to migrate. Yes. So, I mean, there's a lot of times in Scripture where God actually says, go. Go. Yeah. Yeah. And think we everyone needs to stay in their own nation and, <laughs> and stay in their own boundaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just not biblical. Right. That's yeah. just not. So, now, at, um, Lisa, your church, Central Christian, mm-hmm. is doing a lot with this. Can you tell me tell me some of the things that are happening with Central Christian? Yeah, so over the years, um, I think this whole call to to love our neighbor and what does that look like in practical terms, right? So, you know, we've been talking a lot about the heart and getting people then motivated from that heart perspective into an action and trying to figure out, so what does it mean to care for? And starting with the refugee community, when they arrive here in our in our backyard or in our in our cities and communities, they're often you know they don't have language skills. They've 
many times never been in the United States before, maybe never lived in an apartment type of environment before. And they're hit with so much new. And just being able to come alongside and help people understand life skills, understand the language, understand, you know, what it looks like for their kids to go study in a classroom in in a school system and how do we help support them in that Mm. reading mail you know oftentimes we don't even think about the fact that we get so much mail and understanding what's junk mail what's important (laughs) mail what do you need to follow up on right because if you need to fill out a um, benefit form and you need to get medical benefits for your children you need to be able to fill out all of the pieces and parts and if you've ever filled out that documentation before you know it can be pages long yes um, and being able to be just the hands and feet of Jesus and walk alongside people caring about someone else you know we were just talking about what does this look like right in practical terms you know caring enough about someone else's child that I'll step into and and mm. act as kind of a pseudo mom in that role right wow. because I love my kids enough to do this for them and this mother loves her children enough but she can't do for them the same right. that I can do for my own children so how do I step in and love in that way so we we have welcoming teams that will walk alongside families and provide those direct activities and then when it comes to asylum seekers um, being able to provide resources that may be needed you know language speakers who can help them translate and get um, you know plane tickets get mm-hmm, you know sure. connected to their family elsewhere in the community and then just simply providing the food clothes you know all the things that are laid out in Matthew 25 that right. we're called to do um, just simply being people who do that and, and that's been our heartbeat now you mentioned children mm-hmm. and is that the focus of your efforts or is it just a broader base of immigration I would say broader base so okay. it, it is definitely um, I think what we recognize is that Parents are often motivated to migrate based on the health and well-being and safety of their children. Right. We care about our kids, so it, be, it creates that common bond. Um, and so when we demonstrate care for someone else's kids, we build a relationship with the mom and the dad, you know, those families. So we often, you know, may focus our efforts and activities on children, but it's, you know, again, to build a relationship and provide services for an entire family. If you're just tuning in, this is Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. We have Lisa, Adam, and Andy here having the great conversation about how do we treat the immigrants who are at our at our border, and what does this mean for us as Christians, and what our churches should be doing, and maybe and practical things that we can be doing in this space. So, uh, great conversation. Um, so let's. Um, should so you're, this is what your church is doing. Are you advocating? Are there many churches in these networks around town that are doing these kind of things? Oh, absolutely. We're not alone in that. Um, We definitely have been able to walk alongside several churches who wanted to get involved. Um, We work with quite a few different organizations, Phoenix Refugee Connections, Mm -hmm. um, working in asylum networks. Again, you know, Adam's work, um, neighborhood ministries. There's many organizations across our community that are doing this work and people can get plugged into. And again, what we love to be able to do is take churches who are interested in in coming alongside and being able to train them up and help them understand where are the places they can step in, who are safe partners to work with. Right, um, right. Because that's often a question, right? We get pushback on, I don't want to do anything illegal. And, and no, we're not condoning doing anything illegal. Right. What does it look like to love beyond the walls of our buildings? Mm-hmm. Um, and right. just helping people understand who are who are 
the people doing the work today that we can come alongside and support in those efforts. Mm. And, and I think that that legality piece is so huge for people. Mm-hmm. And what they need to understand is that when, when our churches serve asylum seekers, they're doing so in conjunction with the federal government. Absolutely. Right. Same thing with refugees. The federal government is saying, we've vetted these people. They're safe mm-hmm. to come here. We need communities to support them as they integrate into the community. And with asylum seekers, it's the federal government saying, we're overwhelmed. We're not sure what to do with these people. And churches are stepping in along the border. It's incredibly encouraging the way churches are stepping in to say, Mm -hmm. we'll care for those folks. We'll help Mm -hmm. them get to the next stage of their journey. And what what an amazing witness that is to to the government employees and workers and ICE and in Border Patrol because right. what they see are the fact that the churches are living out not just what they're talking about, but they're actually living out what they can do and being just such a great witness to them as well. Yeah. And many of the people in these positions making those decisions actually are believers in yep. the government Absolutely. as well. Mm-hmm. And I I know a lot of the leadership in our state mm-hmm. on this on this and it's they're wonderful people who are expressing their faith and welcoming mm-hmm. the stranger. Yeah. And when we talk about especially asylum seekers a huge percentage of them are followers of Jesus as well. Yeah, so yeah. so we're welcoming into our community and serving often our brothers and sisters in Christ. I know when we had the opportunity to house a few asylum seekers for very short term, you know, they, they were the ones that said, let's pray together. Let us pray yeah. for you. Thank you so much for showing God's love to us. So, I, I mean, from my perspective, when we welcome these folks in, not only are we meeting the needs of vulnerable people, but often it blesses us mm-hmm. and encourages our faith. And I would say, you know, with the state of the church in, in our country, w- we need more strong followers of Jesus to mm-hmm. be to be part of the kingdom here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're- Another comment along that lines, too, is, you know, especially in 2018, when we saw a, a surge at the borders and, and again, the government got overwhelmed and they needed support in working with asylum cases. It was a lot of the Hispanic community that were coming alongside their own, their mm-hmm. own brothers and sisters and providing mm-hmm. support. But as we know, oftentimes those are really small churches that don't yeah. have the resources. Right. And so the broader church community coming alongside and linking arms with those individuals and those churches to be able to say, we care for you, we see you, you're not alone in this. I think that's a very important part of our witness, not just again to um, the community at large, but even to our, our own brothers and sisters in yeah. Christ who we can come alongside and say, we, we're here with you. This is not your burden to carry alone. We're, we're mm. walking alongside you in mm-hmm. this. And and so sometimes that might look like we provide them resources. They they might have, the, again, the language ability and the, the communication that we don't have in our own home churches if we're predominantly white communities, but we can also be working together. And we saw, again, a beautiful um, picture of that throughout 2018 and 2019 when the first surge happened. And I think we can see that again in this season as well. And I think that speaks well of the theology of the his- of these Hispanic churches because mm-hmm. they understand these are mm-hmm. they are us, yep. right. and their identity is like we're no different. They're just in a different life situation, and so and oftentimes with maybe the Anglo Church, right. uh, I don't know what the right term is to describe my my, my church. <laughs> <laughs> with Anglo the Anglo fits Anglo fits the uh, the Anglo Church. The identity is maybe uh, maybe that isn't they they are them. Right. Um, and it, it, with a different narrative. Yet the Bible challenges that. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I'm them. You know, right. I, we, us, it's, uh, the, my identity is I am a stranger in uh, the world. Uh, my citizenship is in heaven first. For, that's my first citizenship. Yes. So some of those 
ways we think are so, actually come from really, a, I, I think, a bad sense of identity and self that isn't, got, isn't grounded in Scripture. Right. right. And, I mean, even culturally, as white evangelicals, often we don't we forget our own history yeah. in this country. You know, almost all of us came, our, our ancestors came here from somewhere else. Right. And we, we lose that. We lose those stories, unfortunately, and we lose that sense of, oh, man, I remember right. when we were in this situation, with when my family was facing this. And this isn't just the Mayflower. So this is like Italian, yes. Irish coming there, and they were often rejected or, right. or low class, considered second-class citizens to Given the people. Given different names because they couldn't pronounce theirs. Right, the like Polish that. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and they were put into certain segments of town. And Yep. So so I think our both so both our own American identity as people who've come from outside and our biblical identity, which is all defined by the Jewish people mm-hmm. and the, them being outsiders and having to settle into a new land, I think it's all – it's kind of telling us to do something. Mm-hmm. So but in our last five minutes, I just want to just kind of folk, nail in on action because mm-hmm. we often talk – I think the cause is, is we've made a good case that the church and God's people, uh, want, this is our, our call. This is part of who we are and part of our story and part of our continuing call to action. So what, what do we need to be doing going forward? Gosh, I'll let you go first. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean I think – all of us start somewhere in this understanding. So I've only been doing this work for less than a decade, and there were a lot of gaps in my understanding when I when I felt like God was calling me into this, and there's still a lot I have to learn. So I think if people are curious to know more about what the Bible has to say, about how a Christ-like approach to loving and caring for immigrants, what that looks like, one place they can go is the Evangelical Immigration Table, which is just evangelicalimmigrationtable.com. Tons of great resources there, Bible studies, um, you know, sample sermons for, for pastors who are listening and think, oh my gosh, I would love to bring this message to my community, yes. but I don't know how. We've got all those sorts of resources. And for lay people, we have even simple things like, how do I, I, I want, I see what the Bible says, I want to love on immigrants in my community, but I don't know any. We have a guide on how you increase proximity to the immigrants that are in your community. No matter where you're listening to this, there are immigrants in your community. Right, yes, right. And they're often hidden because mm-hmm. they're not, you know, or because they maybe feel threatened, right? Or they're having to work two jobs and yep. at late middle of the night shifts, you know, cleaning dishes or something like that. They're often put, yeah. yeah. I, I would say there's again some great organizations. So find a resettlement agency in your mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Um, they often are doing the work, whether it's working with asylum seekers or with refugees. They they can always use volunteers, and mm-hmm. those are great places to get plugged in. Um, I would say find a, a school, an elementary school in a Title One community. You know, a Title One school or is Title One. What does that mean? So Title One is typically your your low income environments, and so mm-hmm. there's more government subsidies being provided to those schools in, to resource them. But those those schools tend to have needs for mm-hmm. families. That again, that's just a very practical way you can step in. If they don't have language at home to be able to learn English, someone coming into the school and simply reading for 15 minutes um, once a week is a great benefit to the school, is a Mm. great benefit to those families. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are just real simple ways that people can plug in and get connected. But a resettlement agency, a school, those are are very simple places where they need resources and we have often the resources to be able to provide. And I would add to that along with Adam and Lisa – is we have, you know, once you get to that kind of, okay, I want to be an advocate role, um, 
I spent a couple uh, times at a, a forum meeting, the National Immigration Forum on the Hill, and doing these fly-in visits where we met with our, our congressional leaders. Like the Hill? The like Hill. The Big Hill. Okay. The Big Hill, yeah. Capital H. Capital H. Wow. And what was fascinating to me- I know Andy. To, He's it was a big awesome. deal. Um, and what was fascinating to me is that a lot of these leaders and the staffers that we we're working with- they have they're so spread out. I mean, I was sitting in the waiting room waiting to go into my meeting, and I heard, "Yes, we understand that your light is out on the corner." I mean, they're dealing with everything. So, if we can be encouragers to them, and if we can pray for them, and just say, "Hey, we we just um, we want to encourage you as these different legislations are coming up that that we believe that we should be welcoming folks and and helping." We have a couple letters to sign on to that that really spell out some great things um, that are very. They're they're very they're not extreme one way or the other. That's like hey let, let's have a plan. And I think that's one of the things that we understand too is 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 the the folks that are writing legislation, making legislation. There's not like a clear path yet, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of this backlog happens, and that's where a lot of these issues. So if we can even encourage our representatives and senators um, to even just like let's let's just move forward on this path. That's another great thing that we can do. One other thing I wanted to add quickly, Jonathan, Um, another big need of immigrants in our community are legal services. So a lot of people who are here, they want to make sure we want to make sure they can stay legally if they're here legally. And so there's an organization called Immigrant Hope that provides some of those services. So if you go to immigranthope.org slash Mesa, there's a Mesa location that is doing great work. And there are others who are who are doing this tremendous work, too. Yeah, it's the complexity of our laws. Well, this has been a great discussion. Thank you so much. I appreciate Lisa, Adam, Andy, you guys coming in. Been a a lively discussion, (laughs) humbling, humbling game. But I hope (laughs) calls us all to greater compassion for those that God's bringing to to into our city, into our into our state. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal.